back to episode two of Infinite Realities, I believe is what our podcast is called. We um we did an episode in October and just abandoned it completely because of scheduling. But um I think we're back and it'll be fun. With me is my co-host Cameron. How are you doing? Hey, yeah, good. We pulled a we pulled a, a Lucifer season season five, was it, with our scheduling there? Hell yeah. <laughs> just just dipped for six months. Um I know, I know I said when this first started though that we were gonna get guests. Uh so if you're listening and, and wanting to hear more voices, that'll be soon. I just gotta get that worked out. But um right now it's just us two. And I think we have a new new uh like uh format that we're gonna try out, see how it works. And I'm gonna start us off with a fun little trivia for you, Cam. And this is important. Right, if you get it wrong, like you'll look like a fool. Oh shit. <sighs> yeah. Um, okay. So we're talking about Spider-Man No Way Home today. That's the the episode. So I'm gonna ask you. Spider-Man fought his first villain that he fought was Uncle Ben's killer in Amazing Spider-Man number 15, right? Who was the first costumed superhero or super villain character that he fought? Ooh. That's a tough one. I am I am not a Spider-Man comics fan, so ooh, I don't know. I'll have a guess, I, though. I can give you a hint if you want. Go on, then. Give me a hint. All right. He doesn't technically have powers. Like, he does stuff, but he doesn't really have powers, per se. Mm. So it's not a character like Sandman or Electro. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I get you. I get you. I get you. Um, all right. Tell me, tell me one more thing. Has he ever appeared in any form of on-screen media? Kind of, but not officially. Kind of, but not officially. Think, think of it in a way like, um, you know how Felicia Hardy's in Amazing Spider-Man 2, but Black Cat's not really in Amazing Spider-Man 2? Oh, right. Something like that. Something okay. like that. Something like that. Yep. Okay. Uh, so it wouldn't be Kingpin then. Um... Ooh. no i don't know hit me who is it who is it all right so um i was gonna give you this other hint at first but i'm like this might give it away uh he is a he is a master of illusion well i mean we've seen mysterio so it's not mysterio is it the chameleon yes the chameleon yeah. so in in it's amazing spider-man number one i believe the chameleon poses as spider-man and kind of frames him to be like a villainous type of character and this actually like forms the public perception of spider-man for a long time that's why new york is kind of antagonistic towards him it's because of what the chameleon did i've yeah. always wondered why you know the david bugle and shit ran all those articles about spider-man being a menace i thought that was just their bigotry but does it stem from this uh it's it's something like that i didn't really read into a ton of it because I haven't read the the comic but yeah chameleon formed spider-man's public perception from New Yorkers and a little bit of the Daily Beagle just because of the chameleon huh do you reckon we'll see chameleon on screen uh so we did kind of like so you know what I'm talking about right when I was talking about chameleons kind of been on screen Dimitri and spider-man far from home everyone speculated that he could be the chameleon he was a bus driver yeah yeah I saw the the rumors yeah so that's my speculation. I don't actually think that we'll see him 
for a long time, if ever, though. I don't really I feel like he's a shapeshifter isn't that compelling of a Spider-Man villain. And plus, we've already seen illusion characters like Mysterio. So, but I don't know. Sure it might be, it might be a while, then. Yeah, I, I would. I think we could see him in like um, Spider-Man freshman year, though. The animated series coming to oh, Disney. Yeah. Or perhaps even across the Spider-Verse. Right, right. There's there's options, but um, I don't know. I just feel like it's an interesting start. I always figured it'd be like Doc Ock. Well, no, but Doc Ock wasn't one of his first films but like something like that you know like a bigger character i i was thinking maybe it might be some sort of gangster like down the road of kingpin or something like that but that's interesting yeah man um yeah so you you failed um that does mean i have to i got it with the hits (laughs) that does mean i have to find a new co-host it's been fun it's been two episodes of a journey (sighs) i know i know um okay so Next up with our, our thing, I wanted to give a quick recommendation of just something that we are watching or watched lately that you want to recommend. Um, so do you, you want to go first? Just recommend something that you've been watching or watched, maybe read, played, whatever. Just something. Yeah, actually, actually, I um, so in preparation for Multiverse of Madness, um, mm-hmm. My partner and I are watching through all the really old, um, the old Marvel films from like the, the early 2000s and, and sort of before. And recently we sat down and watched um, the first Nicolas Cage Ghost Rider. And that is, that was a lot more fun than I thought it was going to be. It, don't get me wrong. It is not a good film, but it was a lot of fun watching that. And it has got, you know, both me and my partner sort of like, Low-key hype that Nicolas Cage turns up to say some more stupid shit in Multiverse of Madness because there's, there's, there's no one quite like him on screen. Yeah, uh, I've seen that one a while ago, and I kind of just remember it as like a fever dream of a movie that exists. Yep. Uh, yeah, Nicolas Cage played Ghost Rider and for two movies, too. That's crazy. Um yeah. I've I've heard those rumors too that multiverse they're doing reshoots just to bring in cameos and stuff and everyone's like uh, oh man that's so lame you're just trying to copy Endgame but I'm like um, I don't know if you're doing multiverse stuff you might as well throw in cameos it doesn't like it, it shouldn't be your your focal crux but um, it would be nice so when you're like maybe Doctor Strange is falling through different Earths or universes or whatever it's all converging and you see uh, glimpses of like Howard the Duck from the 1980s or mm-hmm. Eric Bana Hulk from 2003 or some, I don't know, just some fun. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd really like to see that. Um, and yeah, I, I hope that Nick Cage gets some, gets some really, really bad dialogue to deliver because he just makes it real special. Do you think Nick Cage would even show up though? Like he would come back for that? You know, I, th- I actually think he would because he strikes me as being quite self-aware with regards to how he's perceived um, and like what he's doing. I mean, doesn't he have, I think he's got a, a tongue-in-cheek biopic coming out quite soon about his sort of like life and work and all that sort of thing. It might be a fictionalized tongue-in-cheek sort of biopic. Yeah, about- the unbearable weight of massive talent where he yeah, uh, playing cool. himself. Yep. I And I think he he's sort of come to embrace the fact that uh he's 
perceived like this. So or maybe he would. Maybe he'd do it the same way that Brad Pitt came on to Deadpool 2 for like a five-second cameo. Maybe he'll be there just for, you know, a minute or two just for fun because I think that would be that would be quite enjoyable. Yeah, we need we need more Ghost Rider rep anyways because they cut um Diego Luna's show um, yeah. for Hulu and they don't seem to be using him in any of the stuff lately. I mean, I could see him show up in something like Moon Knight, but, um, or Blade, but like, I don't know, they're not really using him. So why not bring back Nick Cage and all his like, uh, all his glory, you know? Mm-hmm. What about you? What do you recommend? Um, I'm gonna recommend it just based off the first episode. This is like kind of a, like everyone's that at least in my circle seems to be watching it, but um, Euphoria season two came back uh, it was my favorite show of 2019, right up there at Watchmen. Uh, I absolutely adore this show. It's over sensationalized and like really crazy and clearly not like a super accurate depiction of high school, but it's so entertaining and it can get really like raw and emotional at times that like, I don't know, HBO is just killing it with, with every episode that I watch. I am absolutely hooked on it season two came back and it's just as good as season one they had those like special episodes in late 2020 early 2021 that were great as well and it's just good to have this one back and yeah I don't it's it's one of my favorite modern shows of like since I don't even know since like 2010 or even before it's truly a fantastic uh show and I I recommend it to anyone it's crazy crazy good I mean, I, I haven't seen any uh, before, and I, it's not really my genre, but I have seen a lot of people say it's amazing. Yeah. I have seen a lot of hype about season two. I've talked to a whole lot of people who are like, yeah, it's great to watch it. So I definitely think it's uh, it seems to be deserving of the hype from what people say. No, it's it's so entertaining. And yeah, I just need, I need shows like it. Um, I'm the other, I, like, I watch shitty high school stuff a lot like I, I'm still watching Riverdale I'm they're not in high school anymore but like there's really bad interpretations of high school and euphoria is like constantly drugged out and um sex all the time and like the most like to the max level of high school and there's tons of glitter and everything's over stylized but it's like it's fat it's fascinating it's fantastic it's so good I don't know. Like it's it's not my experience of high school at all, but um I just can't stop watching it. And they do a really good good job of balancing the ensemble cast really well. Like there's they do um how they open each episode, they open each episode with a flashback of like explaining a character in their past. Like in season two, they do the uh drug dealer Fezco. And that just like really flushes out everyone and everyone really feels like they're delivering their part where some ensemble shows the cast can get lost with like main characters and stuff euphoria is great man i would really recommend it and it's on hbo so i'll check that one out there was was definitely a suspicious lack of glitter in my high school experience i mean there was plenty of drugs in my high school but with no glitter so maybe i should watch it to get that element that i missed yeah no (laughs) it's you'll it's not it's whatever you had in high school it's it's definitely the extreme version of it but it's it's great i i'm crazy about it and a new episode comes out tonight so i think i think i just have euphoria on the mind because it's coming out tonight i'm really excited so yeah that's our quick rec 
Um, we're gonna we're gonna fly through some news too because we have some some news stuff we want to talk about. You pulled some of these together. I also have a few quick ones that I found that I wanted to touch on. Uh, Laura Donnelly is cast in the Werewolf by Night Marvel Halloween special. I just um, yeah, I saw that. Am interested in what this is, and I'm assuming we get it this year. Like, if it's a Halloween special, I'm assuming they can film it in like a year and release it in a year. And I don't know how like dark it is. I think how this is gonna like excited I am for this is gonna be shaped by how mature and um, well done Moon Knight is. Yeah, I think that's a pretty good um, yardstick to judge it by. I mean, I I haven't read any werewolf by night comics at all so i'm completely new to the character um mm-hmm. but i would like and we're sorry and when it comes to like halloween specials i, I mean i've seen all ends of the spectrum like uh, i've seen sort of like goofy um disney halloween specials but i've also seen you know things released on netflix like um what was it not midnight mass but the other one's done by mike flanagan um haunting, haunting. yeah 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 i've seen those ones um which i think was released around halloween or something or at least in october um i kind of i kind of want it to be actually spooky you know um, right that's where i'm that. at too i am yeah. a horror junkie at times and when it's halloween that's amped up to 11 so i i needed to be i needed to be uh have like uh, grains of horror like apparently we're losing that with Doctor Strange too it's not supposed to be as uh, scary yeah. in quotes as it was supposed to be so I'm hoping that this is but I don't think it will no because they're still making for like the general Marvel audience so yeah. maybe not I mean which is a shame because I feel like and granted I don't know much about the character at all but I feel like just from what I do know this could suit like a genuinely spooky um sort of halloween special but they might tone it down yeah that's what i'm thinking too but anyways i just wanted to note it uh i don't know who she's playing either i don't really care right now i'm just excited for it i think she's playing um vampire by night um Mm. someone like that um but i I know it's a vampire character yeah cool cool uh, Storm Reed cast as Riley in HBO's Last of Us. She played uh, Bloodsport's daughter in Suicide Squad, and she's Gia in Euphoria. Um, I'm assuming you're not a Last of Us fan, but um, Last of Us is my favorite game, and I'm so excited for this HBO show. It's a fantastic story. And Riley is the character that was specifically only, like, on... Like, you could only play the story with her in this, like, expansion part for the first game it's not part of the main story so they're really covering everything as far as i could tell and that gets me hyped this is going to be a fantastic series if they pull it off it's got pedro pascal too as joel in the lead yeah i was just about to say that yeah i haven't played the games but i did see that he was cast as um the lead yeah no it's i'm so excited man you don't even know it's hbo is the perfect place for it too it's the most narrative driven game that there is like the the gameplay is good, but it's not like what you play it for. You play it for this narrative, and it's fantastic. I would I would recommend it if you could. Yeah, no, I've heard I've heard good things, so it might go on the uh, on the to be played list. But that list is huge. <laughs> yeah, uh, first trailer for Moon Knight comes out tomorrow as yeah. of this recording. Not gonna say anything because we haven't seen it, but um, excited for that as well. 
And that implies that Moon Knight is the first Marvel show we're getting this year. Yeah. Um, oh, wait. Is, is it or is it going to be uh, Ms. Marvel? No, Moon Knight's supposed to be because we would get a Ms. Marvel trailer first if it was coming out first. No, that, yeah, no, that's, that's true. Uh, I just remember that Ms. Marvel was originally scheduled for 2021 and they just never actually confirmed that it wasn't going to be 2021 until like, the very end. Yeah. Um, my theory is that they just had production troubles and behind the scenes issues with Ms. Marvel, from what I could tell, with like changing her powers and like I think they had some cast controversies and all this stuff. So they just kind of right. been pushing it back. Um, and then they pushed back the Marvel's movie too. So it's like, yeah. do I want to put out Miss Marvel this far in advance of the movie, or do I want to put it closer to the movie? Right. All right. Then well, I mean, if Moon Knight's first, that's 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 great because I'm pretty excited for for this one yeah no i'm i am too i don't need it to be like on the the netflix levels of mature but like i need something gritty you know just give me something, something like a that. little bit of hawkeye yay hawkeye i i enjoyed hawkeye but i need some and then loki and wandavision and falcon i enjoyed all those but they're they're a little light for me i need something a little little grit a little winter soldier perhaps to like dig my teeth into yeah no i feel that yeah um and then the other one that i found is matt last year's coming back to legends of tomorrow as reverse flash for two episodes um i don't know i don't have anything to say about his legends appearances i don't really know what the story is but um just bring him back on the flash man look come on if he's already coming back to if he's not coming back on the flash show but he is coming back to legends i just don't understand Oh, man. we all know Tom Kavana has exclusive rights to reverse flash on Flash. yeah I whatever man I just wanted to say it's good to see him back in any form and he's he's done my favorite stuff on Legends too so no I, I honestly and, and a lot of people might disagree with this but I honestly think he was a better reverse flash than Tom Kavana yeah no I'd agree I would um well I do like season one, Tom, a lot. No, like a lot, Tom did a good job, but Matt did a better job. How, yeah, his, him in season three is so good in those Flashpoint episodes. It's so good. It's fantastic. But uh, that's all I'll say about that. I, I ain't going down the Flash hole, this, this, uh, this one. Um, okay, and then a few things that, that you brought for us. One... Yeah is that there's a Japanese poster that says what if season two and secret invasion are coming out in 2022 not much to say because uh I mean like they're not really officially confirmed but this is speculated but it'll be cool if they do I could see because we're getting bad batch season two this year for star wars so it's mm -hmm. possible for an animated show to have the second season so fast and then secret invasion I always assumed could possibly come out this year but it's not like on the list officially like miss marvel she hulk and moon knight are no, um, and it just makes me wonder: was this was this poster meant to be shown? Is it is it could it be classed as like a leak poster or something like that, or is it just generally sort of more? Oh, we also have these things planned too. Yeah. Maybe there'll be. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I think I did see a translation of the Japanese, um, which said something like "coming this year" or something like that. Um, but I, I, I don't read. Um, kanji so i couldn't speak to that but um it'd be cool if they did come this year because i i think secret invasion 
has the potential to actually be really, really good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, like I, these foreign um, versions of like a company social media always spoil stuff. I remember Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka got spoiled by like Italian Disney Plus or something like that or German Disney mm-hmm. Plus because like it got it was just like a press thing but they weren't supposed to release it that soon and then I remember uh like well Brazilian um yeah Sony have releaking like Spider-Man stuff all the time they like put out this thing this like trailer thing they're like and get ready to see all three of them and no way home and this was like a long time ago like a long long time ago when they were promoting like uh home media releases of other movies but um yeah, so I, I wouldn't be surprised if this is actually confirmation, but I don't really have much to say on it. Which means that Marvel's pretty stacked this year. Which, yeah, uh, is a good thing. For sure. Um, new Naomi comic is coming. Uh, yeah. And the Wonder Girl comic got canceled, which I saw. Uh, I don't have much to say comics wise because I know I'm not caught up with anything. I just thought this kind of was funny as it mirrored the uh, the CW thing of Naomi getting picked up and Wonder Girl getting canceled. Yeah, I mean, so I, I, I've read um, the the first series of Naomi. It was only six issues um, before it mm-hmm. was canned. Um, it, was, it was originally planned as ongoing. Um, right. Um, and then it was just canned, I think, because there was just not much interest. And then she joined, first she joined... Um, uh, Young Justice, and now she's in the Justice League, um, which is is great, and it's really cool that she's getting another um, sort of like limited series to herself, um, just to focus more on her story because we've touched on her story, obviously her origins a little bit in her original series, and it's sort of been touched on a little bit in Justice League. They went to her home Earth and all that sort of thing, and they fought um, Zimbardo and all that, um, who's in the show, which was really cool, but. It wasn't properly wrapped up in Justice League at all, so it's really nice that she's getting at least six issues to to deal with this, and I'll definitely be reading it. And I hope it does get the hype, you know, with the show coming out as well. I hope people do pick it up and do give it a read because it's she's she's a whole lot of fun. Um, but yeah, Wonder Girl is a massive disappointment because that is probably the best drawn comic that I've seen in a long time, and the writing is really good. Um, and to know that it's going to get canned after, you know, this month's issue, it's just really disappointing because they made such a strong character with such talent in the comic book production. Um, and I don't know where she's going to turn up next. They say she's going to be in a, like a two-part sort of limited series with the rest of the Amazons to wrap it up for later on this year. But I hope we see her again. Uh, and I hope she comes on screen as well. because She's a really cool character. Yeah, that's fun. Um for Naomi it's cool to see her getting more rep I'm also enjoying the show so far it's a it's a fun little CW show and then Wonder Girl yeah it doesn't seem to be taken off as much as uh it should be because it's an interesting character but uh doesn't seem like they really want to do much with it no um which is a shame because and you know a lot of uh DC fans might not like me for this but I like her I like this new Wonder Girl better than Cassie Sandsmark, the the second Wonder Girl. I think she's sort of on par with Donna Troy at the moment. No, nice. she's that good. Nice. Uh, I don't want to spend a ton of time on this because I don't think either of us really know what this means. But Warner Media and Viacom are looking to sell the CW 
it hasn't been profitable in terms of like um AdSense and viewership and all that since like it's like it's uh since it started since yeah. it started yeah and apparently it was making all its money from um like overseas streaming deals on like Netflix and such but now that Viacom and Warner Media have their own platforms they just want to they don't want to like sell stuff to other companies anymore so I feel like that's my speculation as to why it's getting reportedly sold um again I don't really know anything of what it means for DC or any shows in general but I just find it interesting that it could be happening yeah no this one this one interested me quite a bit and yeah a lot of it's speculation so I won't get into all of that especially for like what it means for DC because that'll all be like completely speculation but um it is just really interesting from a business point of view to see that this company hasn't been profitable for its entire existence yet it was let to run for 16 years before they decided to do anything about it um and it just it, it makes me sort of makes me wonder what is going on in you know the boardrooms of, of Warner Media and Viacom CBS to to think that that it's worth running this barely scraping by on like you said the international um streaming deals um and the sorry that the international deals and the streaming service deals um it's interesting to see that they'd, they'd think that that was okay to do that when it's not really making any money at all um and and maybe this ties in to the to the idea that some of these cw shows don't have massive budgets and it's got me thinking well do they not have massive budgets because the cw as a whole just doesn't have that much money and <laughs> Here's the thing, though. I actually think they're making a ton of money off those Netflix deals and stuff. Because when you look at, um, for example, there's a show called All American. I don't know if you're familiar. It's on CW. Every time a season hits Netflix, it's top 10. And it's not even a Netflix original. Riverdale and The Flash, those would get top 10. Like, they were valuable things to Netflix because people would watch these and binge these shows. And I think that Netflix is paying a ton of money or was paying a ton of money to them to get all the rights to these uh these shows because i always would have people in the comment sections be like okay when is it coming to netflix though and the season just started on the cw like two weeks ago and i'm like well it's not going to come to like the end of the season because that's where a lot of people watch it they wait for it yeah. to binge because no one's the the network tv is just significantly down so i actually i don't feel like they're they're scraping by per se I think that's just where the majority of their money is. So when people say it's not profitable, it's just not profitable from like a, a network standpoint because they're not getting any views. I mean, they're not CBS or NBC or anything. They're not ad advertisers and stuff are not getting their their money's worth there. Yeah, right? I mean, and you can yeah yeah you can tell from like they I'm having to do those like CW upfronts things and like having to do all this push to even like get their shows renewed and stuff it feels like they're fighting an uphill battle all the time i don't know man i actually am totally not opposed to everything getting axed and moved to hbo max i feel like it'd be such a cleaner experience but um again Absolutely. i don't know what's going on so i mean i uh it, it'd be interesting to know what the actual um financial agreements are between something like netflix for those shows that they they, they get from the from the cw because maybe it's it's a completely uneven um uh, an uneven sale uh maybe on behalf of like netflix maybe netflix is comparatively making more um than the cw is off mm -hmm. the broadcast of that like 
So maybe CW is making enough, you know, to make it at least a little bit worth it, but maybe Netflix is making more. I don't know. It'd be really interesting to see that financial data. But yeah, I'm the same as you. If if this means that we get like a, a refresh or a restart sort of thing and, and a whole lot of the shows either move to HBO Max or get canned or something like that to be, you know, brought the characters brought in and other, other um, media, I wouldn't be opposed to that because I, I think, you know, something fresh like that could bring a whole lot of opportunities to a lot of these characters, um, which could help revitalize them in, you know, public opinion. Which would be yeah. I mean, my ideal scenario, this is going to seem mean. Um, cancel, cancel Flash, cancel Legends, even though I really like Legends and I really like Legends this season, but I feel like ending Legends at this stage on a high is a good thing, especially when they're in season seven and their threat right now is literally themselves, like they're, they're fighting themselves. I feel like that's a cool threat to go out on. So cancel those two. Move Superman and Lois to HBO Max. It was the most watched HBO Max show of last year, even though it's not an HBO Max, ori- oh, most watched HBO Max DC show, even though it's not an original for that sh- uh, platform. So move it over there. People will love it over there. Um, move uh, Stargirl over there. That would also be another easy transition. I think you could move Naomi over there. It depends how, like, I don't even know. Like the, the first episode only got half a million viewers, which is very low. So I don't know what they want to do with it, but I would like to see it continue as of right now. And then Batwoman, I think I want another season to wrap things up if they want to end it. But I could also see that getting canned as well. Yeah, no, I've got similar thoughts. I mean, I'd can Batwoman straight out along with Legends and um, Flash. I just just can the three of them. Um, but I really not like Legends of Batwoman, just to say. I just yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, yeah. Not, not, not saying that I'm not enjoying them, but just saying that it would be good to not run Legends into the ground like they're running Flash into the ground. Um, and it'd be good to go out on a high on Batwoman as well. Um, but yeah, I think we should, yeah, they should stop those and then move the other three um, over to HBO Max. But obviously, yeah, with Nomi, it would depend on whether it does any good. I mean, I, I, I also hope it does really well, but half a million's not much for a premiere so i don't know yeah i don't see it doing well so far um i think we're we're it's usually renewal month is this month i have a feeling we're not getting renewals this month because of this sale because of naomi just starting and getting bad numbers they don't want to know like they're not sure what to do with it yet i think we might wait till like march or february to find out what's going on for sure because yeah normally by this point we would know about where the thing mm-hmm. renewed, right? yeah, yeah superman and lois got renewed for like season two very well it didn't get renewed it got picked up for two more episodes and then i got renewed shortly after but like yeah. after the first episode dropped they were like immediately two more episodes were ordering so yeah. i don't see things looking good right now but that's all i'll say about that because i'm sure people love the cw talk uh speaking of cw talk um i have not talked about this at all publicly yet Justice U is coming to CW. It's a show about it's it's a show about Diggle um training five metahumans at a university. Um Diggle having headaches while he trains five students at university. Um I'm tired, man. I'm just (laughs) tired of shows. I'm tired of things getting announced. 
uh, it's a lot. It's overwhelming for me at this point. As a guy that's been running a DC account and loving DC, I actually like most of the stuff they put out anyway. So, I mean, who am I to complain? But it's still so much stuff. You have a DC sh- superhero high show. You had it already in the works. Like, okay, just move that one to the CW and make mm-hmm. Diggle combine it. Mm-hmm. It's, I don't, people seem to be excited for it. I think it's a dumb name and I don't think it's really going to happen. And I'm just tired. And the one thing you are saying though, you're saying he's not, I could see him becoming Green Lantern in the show as they become their own superheroes. If Warner well, think, allowed that. Yeah, I mean, while I think that that's possible, um, I think I've got pretty cynical, pretty jaded about Diggle being Green Lantern at this point, because I was I was really let down with this little crossover arc across the, the different CW shows last year. Um, so honestly, I, I will believe him becoming Green Lantern when I actually see it on screen, because at this point, I wouldn't be surprised if they, you know, they, they even if the show got picked up, they didn't do it until the very last episode of the first season sort of thing. I could see them still eking this out much further and it just disappoints me. Um, I'm, yeah, I, like you said, I, I've seen a whole lot of people excited for this on, on Instagram. I'm actually not. I think that the CW should be focusing on the shows that they have at the moment uh, and are making some quality content on the shows that they have rather than diverging further um into all these this different stuff yeah just tired man this is too much content it's too much stuff there's like 14 hbo max shows in development you know that that are not like the um the uh the titans doom patrols peacemakers there's 14 and a lot of them don't even there's no like end goal in sight of when this is coming out Green Lantern has castings, and I have no clue when it's what when production is really actually starting. I know it's supposed to be like April, but I don't really know. I don't want to get down a rabbit hole again because we're supposed to talk about Spider Man soon. But man, yeah. I'm just tired. tired it's a bit of of, this, is a, this is a little bit of conspiracy theory, but I'm I'm almost convinced that at the moment they just throw out sort of like show ideas into the general public just to see what reaction they'll get. And then they mm. actually just work on the ones which get a good reaction. But um, it's all just, just crowd crowd gauging at the moment. I'm almost convinced. Yeah. You know, I, it just seems like the David Ramsey enjoys working with them a lot because he keeps coming back. So good yeah. for him. Good. This is, that's my conclusion. Good for David Ramsey for making money, <laughs> getting that yeah. bag. Uh, and then the final thing is first look at the Batgirl suit. Um, I do not at all want to talk about all the rumors, all the Snyderverse controversies of Batgirl. I that whole discourse got me so tired. I'm just like I'm over it, man. I just want to watch stuff at this point. Like I don't care like what's canon, what's not. Just give me good DC stuff, you know. Like I would love to see more Snyder stuff, but I'm also really enjoying Peacemaker, and I'm really enjoying. Harley Quinn and Birds of Prey and Aquaman and Shazam and all this stuff. I'm I'm enjoying it. So I don't I don't need the negativity of all that. But uh Batgirl looks cool. I think it's fun to see uh that we might get Nightwing and Firefly and Michael Keaton Batman. And I think the suit is a cool looking suit. But it does look like a early CW suit to me. It does a little bit, yeah, but it is um it is sort of very accurate to her burns. Oh yeah, yeah. Which I, I appreciate because Batgirl has had some 
interesting costumes over the years, some of them more revealing than others. Um, and it is nice just to remember that this, this, this is often someone who's portrayed as like a 16-year-old girl. So it's, it's nice to get a super suit that's not uh, super revealing or anything like that. And I think it ties in a lot to a, a well-liked comic series as well. So these are all good things. Right. So you're also excited, having a good time. Oh, with yeah. 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 For Batgirl, definitely. I, it's also cool. I, I see these posts of like, hey, man, we're getting the um, the Oracle version of Batgirl in Titans and the uh, the Burnside version of Batgirl in uh, in this movie. And we're getting um, Batwoman and not even KK. Yep. We're getting a new interpretation. And it's cool to just see, like I also saw this thing, which is obvious, but like there's like most of the Bat family is on screen or coming on screen. It's just like spread out across four different like universes and stuff. And I'm mm-hmm. fine with that. I'm just enjoying seeing all these interpretations. I think I need to be more positive mindset of DC. Like they're making mistakes for sure. And I'm sure the Flash movie is going to be a mess. It's going to be like so messy. But at the same time, we're getting like, all this different content and all this wide array of stuff. And it's it's refreshing and exciting way more than back in the day when like the CW couldn't use the Suicide Squad because WB had to use them for their movie. You know, everything felt yeah. so restrictive and like limited. Yeah. I appreciate the wider scope and them trying different things, even if a lot of it is not working. It, which yeah. it is, like I'm not saying it's not, but you know what I mean. Yeah, no, I, I get you because I think if you even if you broaden that, to include animation as well, you pretty much have almost the entire um, Bat family. The only one I can think of at the moment is the Signal, but isn't he coming in Bat Wheels? <laughs> Everyone's favorite um, preschool Cartoon Network show, Bat Wheels. Yep. I'll, I'll watch it. It'll be fun. Whatever. <laughs> Who cares? But yeah, that, that is the whole, the whole Bat family, pretty much. Yeah, but like most of them are in live action, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I, it's, I'm gonna be honest. I want to see the signal in Batwoman. I want to see mm. that. Up there. Batwoman's doing a good job of of doing legacy stuff and showing all these. I'm enjoying that. I really am. Like we're getting a cool take on the Joker and some cool Poison Ivy lore. It's cool. Yeah. Got to keep got to keep a positive mindset, my DC fans. Like it could be a lot worse. Like a lot worse. It could be 2016, 2017 worse. Could be further back than that. We could still be under the bat embargo with the Nolan trilogy. Yeah, right? Like, I don't know. People complain, but yeah, it's not all interconnected like Marvel and it's not like super planned out. But like, I don't Are you having fun of all these new movies? I'm having fun of them. Wonder Woman 1984, outstanding. I look, I, I, I don't want to think too hard about Wonder Woman 1984 because the first time I watched it, I was like, this is fun. So, you know. <laughs> That's, right that's that's where i'm gonna leave that one <laughs> yeah but i shazam is so good to me birds of prey is so good i love the suicide squad so much i'm really liking peacemaker um yeah i'm having a ton of fun dc is cool is my is my thought on that nice yeah, yeah. i think i'm overall i pretty much agree with that yeah. but we've rambled on enough i need to put a timestamp in so I we are talking about Spider-Man, Spider-Man No Way Home, 
kind of a niche little indie movie. Uh, might come to the Criterion collection. It's pretty Kino. It's low key. Never really heard of it, but I watched it because you made me watch it, even though it was so niche and indie. You know. Yeah, I only stumbled across it from the review on Letterbox actually. Yeah, like just I scoured Letterboxd and like on it was so long it took me so long to find it but it's kind of it cool actually, you know, if you if you like Martin Scorsese films you know they said oh this is maybe the only superhero one that you might be into so it's pretty low-key pretty Scorsese <laughs> improved um that's yeah. another discourse that I guess I, <laughs> I feel film discourse I feel like I'm I'm a film fan and a comic fan but all the like arguing and complaining it's just not, I, it interests me less and less every week, man. Yeah. Just, it's the same arguments raised differently. And people just complain so much, but we're getting so much cool stuff. But anyway, that's not Spider Man, though. Right. Well, <laughs> I feel like it ties into it because, I mean, is Spider Man No Way Home not the fan service of Spider Man? Is it not the love letter of Spider Man? So I could see there's, so much discourse of this one but so much praise too i i really have nothing really super negative to say i i really loved it i feel like it is truly the love letter it's something that you can only do once it's crazy it's fun it's out there it ties into the mcu spider-man while also tying into the ramies and webs it's crazy that they pulled it off I feel like the leaks really helped in the end because it got us all excited. Mm. Uh, I loved it, man. How can you not love it? How can you I watch mean, all I the mean, Spider-Man movies and not love this? I was really worried going into it that it was going to be too sort of cameo-focused, too sort of disjointed with all the different universes. Mm-hmm. But I actually, I, I left the I left the theater saying that because I, I was able to see it in the theater, which was great. Um, and I left the theater saying that and I was like, wow, like, obviously, I, I really enjoyed seeing all these, these, these characters brought back, but I was also like, wow, I actually really enjoyed the plot, like, that was actually an enjoyable story overall as well, and the mm-hmm. fact that they managed to weave that together with all these characters from all the different films and franchises at the same time is really impressive. Yeah, like, you know what it is, is that, you know, some of my favorite uh, Marvel movies are are like Infinity War and Days of Future Past and Spider-Verse and you know why those are my favorites are because it's just comic booky shit like it's so comic booky and out there and just fun to watch and consume and like not sometimes it doesn't really line up and the, the logic is is not because you're juggling so much and but I I really enjoy it. that's why I like that one Flash episode this uh, last year of Armageddon where he like goes to the future and shit. Um, yeah. Cause it's just comic booky bro. And this is comic booky. Spider-Man does like a magic spell to erase everyone's minds. And then the end, the end of the movie is him like erasing himself from existence or whatever. It's like a cool version of a bad Spider-Man arc with one more day. Mm. You know, like, it's so cool. Yeah. Like how that's why I like like this stuff. The Suicide Squad is also that. It's comic booky. It's often, like Silver Age, Golden Age shit, and I like it. I mean, yeah, often in comic books, 
a lot of stuff, especially in things like Justice League, you know, something, a lot of stuff is not actually explained. Mm-hmm. So like that, they sort of just they throw a few sciencey words around, and then you get some really cool character moments, and you might see Superman beating down some alien or something like that. And it's like that, that's why I read comic books, right? And yeah, sometimes that doesn't work so well on the big screen because films have to appeal to a more general audience and have to make a bit more sense, I suppose, um, from a certain mm-hmm. standpoints. Um, but I do really like those DC and Marvel films, which retain the the sort of like the essence. That is found in those comic books and yeah if you I, I reckon if you think too hard about no way home you might be like you might find a whole lot of aspects of it which don't work for bringing them all together but it's one of those things that you just have to see as an entirety and you just got to realize that this would work immediately on the comic page like they, they, they'd immediately bring in characters from a from an alternate universe and, and no one would ask any questions that's just how it would be and I'm glad that we got to experience that in a different media format from the comic book. It was just so exciting. Yeah, I truly believe we are in the golden age of superhero filmmaking. We are getting all this diverse content. And diverse content, yes, means that we get some bad stuff. Um, we get your, uh, I don't know, what's, what's, what was really bad movie-wise? Like, Venom isn't even that bad, but like Venom, I guess. I mean, yeah, I, I was, let there be carnage, I was less than impressed by Something like that. You get you get stuff that's not great. You get Morbius, April 1st, 2022. Yeah, they put it, it there because it's a joke. Yeah, <laughs> you get stuff like that. But you also get just, like, so much, so much, like, diversity and cool stuff and all this. It's just, you would never see this culmination of Spider-Man in, like, 2012 because Sony was so rigid back then. You would never see Infinity War bring like 10 years worth of superheroes on screen all together because it was just more rigid and like, it just, I feel the love. I feel the love and I, I get most of it's for money reasons. No one home makes a ton of money, but um, I feel like Watts and Holland and everyone really put their, their heart and soul into this one and I appreciate it. Yeah, when you have fun with it, or when you let creators have fun with it, uh, right. everyone has a time. Hell yeah! Um, I do it. The only thing I feel like the only plot thing that really bugs me as of right now. Again, I haven't watched this since it first came out. I saw opening day, but the only plot thing that I can think of that really bugs me is that there's no reason to me for Sandman going evil when he does because he like dips at the the apartment right when everyone else dips. And I'm like, Sandman was like trying to go see his daughter and he wants to go back to his timeline where like most of the other villains don't. So I don't see why he just like becomes a villain. No, I feel that as well. Um, and I think, yeah, if I thought too hard about it in general, I'd probably be able to come up with a few of these things. But again, it just ties back to what I said. You know, I, I just liked having fun, just taking it as a whole and, and, and not you know, overly focusing on those things because i mean especially those scenes at the apartment where he is fixing dr octopus i was like this feels like something i've always wanted to see on screen uh, you know like a a, a character interaction uh, between you know superhero and, and and villains and that sort of thing and actually trying to help them and them also accepting the help and all this sort of stuff those scenes i just enjoyed that so much that yeah i think if i if i actually thought about it a bit more i could probably 
maybe pick a few holes in it, but it was just it was just so worth it to see it that um, I'm almost reticent to do it, you know? Yeah, man. You see Toby and Andrew back. Like, can you really complain that much if it's like, I mean, it could be badly written, but it wasn't. It was good. I don't mm-hmm. know. Like, uh, what's your just thoughts on all that of Toby Maguire taking, like, he was on a acting break, you know? He hasn't been in a movie in a long time. He's coming back, I know, for Babylon for, from Damien Chazelle. But he was on an acting break, and he came back for this movie. Andrew Garfield got screwed over by Sony. His stuff got canned. All his love for the character, you know, just kind of went nowhere because they were trying to set up too many spinoffs and they didn't really focus on what mattered for that character, even though I've warmed up to the movies. But, uh, like, neither of them, like, needed to come back, and they both did. And I just want to know, like, I don't know. Did you grow up in these guys? What do you think about them coming back? I did. I mean, more so um, Toby Maguire than, than Andrew Garfield. Mm-hmm. I didn't see either of the Andrew Garfield ones in the cinema. I saw them much later on. Um, but I, yeah, I, I grew up with Toby Maguire as Spider-Man. Um, and I, I loved it. I mean, Spider-Man 1 and 2 specifically were films that sort of shaped my love of superheroes quite a bit. Um, and just to, to know that the actors of these characters, um, Maguire and Garfield, had such a connection to the role that they immediately were just like, you know, I'll do it again. Um, so, you know, it makes me happy that they poured so much of themselves into it that despite, you know, things not going amazingly, especially for Garfield, that they were ready to come back for that. Um, and yeah, I'm just, I'm just so happy that, that it, that it was like that and that they were able to to, to, to come back for it um, because it really did. And I know it's nostalgia bait and I know it's all of that stuff, but it really did make me feel like how I was when I was watching the, the first couple um, Tobey Maguire Spider-Man films in a good way. Um, and I know I'm getting manipulated by the companies and all that sort of shit for this, but I still feel good about it, you know? Oh, yeah. And they didn't skip a beat. Andrew was like, the same as ever and it's great it's fantastic yeah. and toby was as well it, yeah. it didn't feel written any different remember all those fan arts of toby and it's like it was like him in a white beard and a red leopard jacket and they're like this is how they're gonna bring toby back as a grizzled old spider-man <laughs> i'm like they're not doing logan dude he's like <laughs> not that old he's like no he's, <laughs> he's 40, 40 or something right <laughs> yeah <laughs> um uh it's it's too much and they did so good with the the villain no i i take that back uh they didn't do shit with sam and lizard but that's not what people were really there for they redeemed electro and made him better they mm-hmm. made doc ock as good as ever i don't think they really needed to improve doc ock they just made him as good and then norman osborne they took from a meme to like still a meme but like a, a genuine terrifying threat and I love Willem in that first Spider-Man, but I loved him in this one too, in a whole different way. Mm-hmm. And I really enjoyed that they uh, they gave him a different costume too, because I, I mean I love the first one, but I mm. think the second one looks just as good. And I know it's it's more comic accurate, but I think it's it, that was a, a great twist too. But did you see their interview where they talked to um, Willem and um, Alfred? Alfred Mullen asked them why they came back and, and Willem gives, gives this big speech about how, you know, there was the justice character and Alfred Mullen is just like, oh yeah, the money. 
Uh, yeah. <laughs> I thought it was really funny. I actually am. I loved everything I've read about Willem Dafoe coming back because, like, he talked about doing his old, his like, his stunts because he wanted it to have like a grounded sense for the character. And he was doing his best to like avoid it becoming a meme again and for him not to take the portrayal seriously because of the role he plays in the movie. And even that plays into like him not wearing the mask because he wanted to like emote with his face. And it, it seems like he, unlike Molina, who came back probably just to come back like because it's a fun role he wanted to play again or Jamie Foxx. Jamie Foxx was going to be down probably no matter what, you know, Mm -hmm. what is Jamie Foxx really doing these days? Um, But uh, yeah, I feel like Willem actually really wanted to do something new with the character and he did. And it's, it's fucking great. So good. Yeah. So yeah, I don't, um, and then uh, Charlie Cox came back as Daredevil as well. (laughs) about that and yeah. that was great that was great man <laughs> it's so simple yeah i think that's all we needed to see of, of charlie carter's as you know matt murdoch i think that was enough um, right i know people some people might have wanted to see him suit up as daredevil or whatever but i think i think that was enough that was fine it was it was good yeah and i i i now expect him to be in the she-hulk thing i assume yeah yeah um, I've heard there's always crazy MC rumors though about Daredevil and uh, the She-Hulk rumors of him are kind of wild. You know, it's crazy. They did say that he's going to pop up in a in a few projects uh, mm-hmm. coming years. So he could be in. I mean, it'd, it'd probably be a bit of a stretch to put him in every Marvel film that comes out from now on. But you know, he could be in quite a few. Right. So that was also fun. Uh, I don't really know what else to to really get into. I feel like the like the the plot of them trying to help the villains and then the them having to bring in Toby and Andrew to like cure them all. I don't know if there's too much for me to say on that. So I do want to talk about um like the leaks and I want to know how the leaks affected your experience. So I'm um like most of the time, especially with Marvel, I can say with Marvel 100%, I don't care about spoilers. I don't mind because I'm going to see the film regardless. And I've read so much, so so many of the comics that um, I don't mind having things leaked. Um, and I know that a lot of, I know that a lot of people do and I respect that. Um, but I, yeah, it doesn't affect me that much. Um, but or like a whole lot of them, um, all of them, all of the leaks about the, the set pictures of, of Andrew Garfield, which he denied so much, um, the stuff about Tobey Maguire, the stuff about the villains, um, so all of that, and it honestly just made me sort of like more excited for the movie. Um, I mean, obviously with, with leaks and stuff, you've got to take a lot of it with a pinch of salt, because some of them might not be real, some of them might, not, might be like Photoshop and that sort of thing. But I think it increased my hype. I actually do. Um, and, and I ended up going in with high expectations. And I think all of them were satisfied. Um, and I don't know if that happened, will happen all the time. But I, I think the leaks actually helped. Yeah, I mean, I'm similar. I feel like it was a bit annoying to see like the exact scene of Charlie Cox's Daredevil get leaked and like pick actual pictures of Toby and Andrew 
like they're all real but at the same time like no one knew what was going on no one knew what was real or fake everything was so crazy at that point that it was it was a ton of fun just to get into it for everyone there was a lot of negativity with that stuff and I don't really want to get into that but like the positive of people just being like oh my god what if this happens or what if this happens and what if this guy shows up like it's fun it just it reminded me of endgame in a way just to speculate and get really hyped for something yeah yeah Yeah. i i don't think it'll work for every film um you know leaks and that sort of thing to build the hype but i think because of the nature of this one yeah yeah um do you have anything else to really to touch on probably just that i was also really impressed with um with tom holland um oh yeah he delivered his best spider-man role um in this film yeah and i'm not a holland hater i like uh homecoming a lot and i i've, I've really lessened on far from home i still like stuff with far from home but i'm not i'm not like oh spider-man can't do anything on his own like i've, I've liked the youthful high school portrayal but like yeah. come on everyone like the i'm not gonna be like i feel like every video essay that i've seen of, of this movie they all say this is actually spider-man's origin story now and now he's truly spider-man and uh it's so cool to see holland go through true tragedy i feel like it's the same stuff that everyone regurgitates but like at the same time it is true um my boy is spider-man now and he gets a final scene straight out of insomniac spider-man that was a uh, to die for man that shit was so good mm-hmm. so yeah. so good i mean but I, I really don't think um that they could have got here without Homecoming and Far From Home. I mean, yeah, I don't, I'm not a Tom Holland Spider-Man hater either. Um, I, I mean, I still think this is best performance, but I, I don't dislike those films. Um, and I really think he couldn't have gone through such growth in this film without those two first films to, you know, back him up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's exciting. And then they, they leave it in such a good spot where it could end right here, or it could be a whole new trilogy and all these new adventures they just did it they did a banger job so my concluding thoughts is i love spider-man and spider-man is cool spider-man is a mess but i like him we're getting so much spider-man stuff this year we're getting spider across the spider-verse um the, the movie to end them all dr michael morbius played by jared leto in the movie Morbius coming to theaters April 1st, 2022. Uh, we're getting the Spider-Man 2 game. Did you play the first Spider-Man game? Please tell me you did. Not my way through. Um, my brother owns it on his um, console and my I man. played bits of it um, on his, his console. You need to finish that one and then you need to play the Miles Morales one. Those are some of my favorite Spider-Man tales. I love those so much. And Spider-Man 2 is going to be a banger. And uh, I don't actually don't know. We have Craven like next year too, so maybe not as much Spider-Man stuff as I thought, but still a lot. And freshman year is coming out too. The animated show, you know. Yeah, Spider-Man is, is seems like he's taken his place again as um, one of the leading Marvel superheroes, which he was before the MCU. Like yeah, I always remember the hype year for Spider-Man it was 2018 because we had him in Infinity War and and we had Venom and the first Spider-Verse and the Spider-Man game. And mm-hmm. it was Spider-Mania, man. And I'm ready for it now. 
Spider-Man. And then we're getting Batman. Spider-Man and Batman. Two big superheroes are back and better than ever. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be good. So uh, that is my concluding thoughts for this week. Um, I don't think. Do you have anything to add before we go? No, I think that wraps it up. All right, guys. We'll, we'll hang out next week. Hopefully. We will. Well, no, we'll be gone for another two months. But then we'll be back. Yeah, we'll be back for our next uh, third episode of summer. So we'll see you in summer. Yeah, see you in April 1st, 2022 for Morbius. Oh, yeah.